This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Danny Riley. And I'm Dan Riley, and together we run Manamade. In this podcast, we have decided that we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into some of the things that mean more to us that we weren't able to share within the web series. We've got a little bit more time up our sleeves. We're going to have some killer guests in throughout the series, some amazing experts, and really talk about what's important to us on the journey to build our dream home. For Dan and I, building a home that was as sustainable as possible was our number one priority. So in each episode, we will also highlight these features as a standalone topic. We know that the most important part of a house is when it actually becomes your home. So in each episode of the pod, Dan and I will be giving you a sneak peek into these intimate spaces that made our house a home for us. Welcome to episode four of All Manner of Things, all about our Blair Gary house build, following along on the journey. So if you haven't caught up on the web series, make sure you do. All the links are in the show notes because we're going to have a little bit of a chat first and foremost today about what happened on episode four of the web series. Later on, we're going to have a very good chat to Danielle from Lights, 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 who I do like to refer to as my lighting angel because she (laughs) knows all the things. But Dan... Episode four on the web series. It's a very good ep in terms of, I guess, showcasing what happens once we get to frame stage of the build. Well, such an exciting episode for myself because being a builder and a chippy, it's always exciting and fun when you finish the frame because (laughs) you get to walk through the home, you get to feel every space, the size of it, how it's going to work. And look, if we really want to make some tweaks, we can still do it now. Mm. Once you start plastering and roughing in, very hard to do. So very important stage of the build right now. Yeah, that's right. I think also from a designer's sense, it helps to really get a solid idea of the actual scale as well that you're working with. Everything is now elevated. You have walls up. Yeah, you can actually see and feel it now. One of the good things about frame stage as well is typically this is when we'll start to consider furniture as well. We've got walls up, we've got the spaces there, we can start to measure out and plot things and really get serious about how we want to finish off these spaces. And that's exactly what we started to do at this stage in our build. Yeah, but it's also, you can always go a step further. It's maybe if you want to add a skylight here and there. You Not could... that we want people to change things mid-build. <laughs> do you know, what, it's, it's one thing that normally happens on a build is yeah. we do sometimes add a skylight in a hallway or a space that doesn't yeah. look like it's going to get a nat- enough natural light. And this is when we decide to do these things. Yeah, or on, pa- or on paper, it might feel like it's, you know, there's enough natural light getting in there, but maybe there's not or the client is concerned about that. So you're exactly right. And it's nice to see how the spaces will actually feel, especially once there's a bit of a roof structure on as well. Also, it's a chance now when you're a client, uh, like you or my client, you can actually walk around (laughs) 
<laughs> and you can tell me where you're going to want certain things on the walls. Yes. That way we can actually put Nog timber out. noggins, put timber structure behind the wall yep. to support that heavy artwork. You're exactly right. And also it allows us or allows you to also nog out for or add timber into the ceiling for potential light fittings. So in this particular episode of the web series, we also talk about our pre rough-in walkthroughs that we do on every single project. Very ours, important. Ours being no exception to that. So we had all of the important rough-in people in for the day. So we had our HVAC consultants in for the day. So our air conditioning. Yeah. Yep. We had Wide Life come through where we did a big walkthrough to go over the electrical plan and also the lighting plan. And, and people will be asking, but it's already on the plans. So why do you need to do a walkthrough? Mm. But it's when you see the space and you walk through every room, you might want to move the light switch because it might feel better on this other side of the wall mm. or this power point in the hallway. You know what, to vacuum, maybe let's put it over this side of the wall or hide it behind a door. This is where you get that option to do these things. Exactly. And it also gives you a chance to see and feel how the spaces are coming together from a lighting perspective as well. So we definitely had a couple of alterations on the back of these yes. walkthroughs, which we'll talk about today. But yeah, it's a really, really good opportunity for the client to come through. They get to have a good conversation with all the parties involved. And then if there is changes that are made, it gives us the opportunity to re-document those changes so yep. that everyone is working off the most recent drawings. We actually had quite a big change because of this um, pre-walkthrough with our HVAC system. Mm. Now, we've got a box gutter that runs through our ceiling in bedroom two. Mm -hmm. What we didn't account for was actually... The the um, ducting to run under that box gutter yes. to get into bedroom two. Yeah. Now, what this has done, we've had to lower our, all of our ceilings by 100 mil, which in the end was a good thing because it means... Was it actually 100 mil? It was about 80 mil. I, I, feel think like I, it, I thought it was like 20. Is that what I, you sold me on? Yeah, I sold it as 20 mil, but it was actually 100 <laughs> mil. <laughs> but what that, How dare you? <laughs> but what that allowed was that we could put our recessed permits in every room anyhow. Correct which we had already planned for, but it didn't affect the overall feeling of the room. We still have ceilings at 2950, Correct. which is a very high ceiling, we especially in a flat metres. roof. <laughs> 50 mil. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know. You just wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. But yeah, that's the importance of doing these pre-rough-in walkthroughs. Yes. So we're very excited to be joined by none other than Danielle from Lights, 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 <laughs> who has been with us on this project since round one design inception. So thank you so much, Danielle, for coming in today and having a chat about all things lights. Thank you for having me. And just so you know, I will be with you for all of your projects. <laughs> All of the projects to come. Well, I was going to um, apologise on behalf of Danny for putting you through that torture of all those rounds that we went through, but we finally came up with the um, Blair Gary House, which was great. The winner. Blair Gary House, obviously, as I mentioned, there were several design iterations for the home in which we discussed each and every one of them thoroughly and how we could uh, resolve the lighting and make it work with us, not against us. But yeah, where we've landed in the end, there was always this sense of minimalism that we wanted for the project, essentialism as well with what we were selecting and especially in the lighting. So I think we'll take our listeners maybe right back to the start in terms of how we and you approached this particular design where we've landed on the built home and how you approached that from a lighting design sense. It all starts from you. 
Um, the conversation is always about who you are as people and how you want to live in the space. And let's be honest, the reality of building is that it's not static. It's not black and white. Yeah. There's no build that we mm. work on where I receive plans and that's what's actually executed. <laughs> so the iterations on this particular process were quite large and, and ever-changing, but that's the case with all builds. So the process is always just to dive into you. How do we tell the story of you through the build with lights? Mm -hmm. um, that's that's the key to uh, how we integrate lighting into your architecture and into your life. Um, and that's, you know, just looking at the plans and, and discussing with you what you want for your life. A lot of people might think, mm, I don't really know when I have my set of plans, I'm not really sure how I'm going to move and live in that space. And I, I think when you can sit down together and actually consider it um, and come to somewhat of an idea, I think at least in our experience, it's been pretty bang on with Blair Gary, right? We didn't really know maybe at the start and then... Yeah. I don't really know much about lighting and, and all of that, but... <laughs> What blows my mind, um, Danielle, we, we always take our clients to you at Lights, Lights, Lights. And, and they're like me. They just think, oh, you put your four downlight grid up in a room and that's that'll do. But when you get the experts in and you really design that space, and then when you, when I do a handover, the clients actually feel how, how nice that and warm that room is. That's because down to the um, lighting design. I want to know why it's so important. Tell us why getting that lighting aspect is critical to a home. Hang on. I, th I don't think you've given yourself enough credit here, Dan. You're not a genuine believer of the four-grid downlight scenario. I, don't not, pretend. I'm not, but a lot of, my, a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and most plans that come to us... All plans. Yeah, have four <laughs> yeah. downlights mm -hmm. in a four-by-four four room. Yeah. Um, so I hear what you're saying, and I think, you know, the reason that a lighting design is so important is because light is the only material that we use or the medium, the, the vessel that creates movement in a space. So you're spending weeks and months trying to pick the perfect stone for your kitchen. You're mm. spending days on end trying to figure out, do I go for light floors or dark floors? You're spending countless amounts of money on sample pots of what colour white you're going <laughs> yeah. to use on your walls. And lighting is no different. Lighting is the one thing that travels the colour through your eye, through your cornea, so that mm. your brain processes the imagery that it's seeing. So when we talk about how we want to feel in our house, the first point of call is the architect, because the architect creates the structure. Yeah. But the structure doesn't come to life until we fill it with things that create volume and dimension and texture, and that's what lighting does. So when we put four downlights in a room, all we're doing is carrying our eye downward. So we're not allowing the space to have volume. But when we highlight features and we specifically and target parts of the home because that's the intention of how you want to live in that room or that space, all of a sudden we create the feeling. So when your clients come and sit with us and say, so in this living room I have three kids, they're actually all homeschooled even after COVID <laughs> and they all do their work at the dining room table, I then know that I need to light that space accordingly mm. so that there's targeted light there. And then they finally move into that space and they activate that activity in the space. The kids work in the dining room table and they go, you know what? I actually have enough light here. Oh, my gosh, go figure. I don't need desk lamps. I don't need anything else because we've we've actualised that vision for the client. So 
what's interesting is how much light do we need? I discussed this with um, with a lighting designer from Europe the other day, from Italy, and interestingly, in Australia, there again another faux pas. We need to light. We need to cover. Throw lights mm. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Lights, lights, lights. Gilesburg ceiling, Gilesburg ceiling. <laughs> but we don't. How much light do we need? You know, my parents have lived with a 100-watt lamp in their living room as the only source of light in the evening for as long as I can remember. Mm. Your eye adjusts to light. Yeah. So, And in the evening, the minute that it becomes dark, our circadian rhythms are calling for calm. They're not yeah. calling for intensity unless you have three kids at the dining yeah. room table <laughs> yeah. that are doing homeschooling and you yeah. require that specifically. So yeah. although we have lit each of your spaces as though they're their own entity, you have the beauty of layering. So if you do need intensity at that bench shop and you want your whole family to gather around and you you want that punch, Mm. you have the option of it. But if you don't, you have the calmness of your pendant or just the two spotlights beside your TV Mm. on that wall. Mm. Um, So you have different layers and different options and I think that's vital. Is this why you go to bed at 8 o'clock every night? Because like your circadian rhythm is, yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to attempt to say circadian rhythm in it's called, but (laughs) that is so true. Like in our sunken lounge, we literally use the two pin down lights and that's all we really put on when we're watching TV. The the ones on the cupboard or the ones on the fireplace? Uh, The ones on the cupboard. On the cupboard. the pins over the cupboard and then the lights um, in the wall. Yeah, so on those the ones on the cupboard are micro, micro fittings. Yep. I think their output is half of what a standard old version halogen downlight would have been. So the actual output of them is so limited. So let's uh, sidestep and let's talk about, I guess, the process as a whole, because we replicate this process over all of our projects with you. Um, but let's obviously use Blegari as the example, because there's other environmental factors, I guess, that were had to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I sent you a set of plans. I sent you, I think I sent you our mood board. Um, yep. <laughs> I think I sent you our finishes. Best mood boards in the biz. Uh, <laughs> we do do pretty good mood boards. You do. Do a good mood board. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of went from there. I guess the first thing I do before you even show up in the room um, to meet me is then I review it and I... I, the, the, the two-dimensional plans elevate in my mind. And the beauty of working with people who are in the building industry is that you can read a plan, I can read a plan. Mm. That doesn't mean that that's the expectation, though. 90% mm. of the people we deal with, you know, on a day-to-day basis have never looked at a plan before. So yeah. it's so important that I invest and all of our design team invest in understanding the elevation of your plans before you enter the showroom so that when you come in and you start to talk about how you're going to live in the space, I can visualise it. Um, When you walk into the showroom and you meet with me, the first conversation is about you and what you want for the build. It doesn't even start at the front door. I look at the transition from light to dark, from your original design uh, intent to Mm -hmm. what we ended up with at Blair Gowrie. The original design intent was much lighter and brighter and organic compared to Blair Gowrie, which is a bit more moody and broody, Mm. but lots of outside and lots of landscape and lots mm. of light from the exterior but with darker colours. So immediately when you start talking, I start to get a feel for your aesthetic and your style and your vision and then I align that to the volume of each room and what the metrics are around how much illuminance is required in each space because the selections that we make are all impacted by the reflectances, not just by how you want it to look. 
the whole time there's an, an underlying message of sustainability that we consider. So my mind is always trying to reduce the number of penetrations in the ceiling yep. mm-hmm. for sustainability, for respect for the build and all of the effort the architects put into the home. Mm. The last thing we want to be doing is just touching plaster mm. everywhere. Yeah. So they're the things that are going on in my head while you're talking. Also, uh, to explain that a little bit to our listeners, every time you cut a hole in the ceiling, you're affecting your overall energy rating. So there's loss of heat through the ceiling. So when you get your thermal assessment report done, uh, the calculations for that lighting plan is taken into account by the thermal assessor. And and then a lot of people just disregard that and put more holes in the ceilings. Which is why it's so important. Mm. If you are serious about achieving the rating that you're going for, for us with six stars... If you deviate from the plan, well, you're most likely actually not going to get your rating Mm. because you're changing the calculations of what's been done. So that's a a quick explanation, I guess, for those at home who don't understand what cutting another hole Mm. in the ceiling actually will do. Yeah, and if I can add to that, uh, downlights nowadays, and particularly the better quality variety, which is what we've used in your home, they tend to have um, an IC rating. So they can be... The installation they can be covered with insulation. So, yes, they're... And a, not catch fire. <laughs> yes, they're a better alternative than yes. the old-fashioned downlights, but it doesn't mean that that's a permission slip to go cutting <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So, Because I often get that, particularly from trades coming to me saying, oh, it doesn't matter, it's IC rated, I can just cut a hole here. Mm. Well, you can, but you're not meeting the needs of all the other factors around Mm. that as well, which is the aesthetic and which is just the vision of why. Why are you doing it? Why Mm. are you cutting it? Just because you're concerned it's not going to be enough light. I've been doing this for 16 years. (laughs) It's not, you don't need to worry about it. I know, I know for a fact it's going to be. They want their four four downlight grids. That's all they want. If anyone could see me right now, I'm actually (laughs) banging my head. But it's efficiency as well of the home. Yeah. As well, like the more downlights you put in, the more energy you're consuming. So yeah. yeah. So back to the process. So we've come inside. You've got the feel of how we want to walk or feel in the home. So all of that's going on in my head. I'll just start that again. All of that's going on in my head. But while it's going on in my head, I think the the expression of that is. So, Danny, let's sit down. Where's the front door? And that's where it starts. We literally start at the front door and the conversation centres around how do you want to feel here? What do you want people to feel when they walk into your home? And Danny is an an incredible articulator. So easy for me is that I understand what she wants and then it helps me to gain access into are we going decorative? Are we going, what's our expression here? Do we Mm. want to be architectural? Do we want to be a bit dark and broody? Do we want to be light and airy? And then all of a sudden it starts to reveal itself and I can see the vision of how the house is going to unfold. And then we literally walk through the house from the front door to the rear. We navigate through every single room. I ask who's going to sleep here. I ask how you're going to sleep there. I ask what sort of sofa you're thinking about, what sort of flooring you're considering. We talk about all of your your decisions. And you don't have to have them made or sealed, but it gives us an insight into who you are. And there's a lot of talking that goes on. There is a lot of talking. And I think I applaud you for being able to, I guess, Listen and evolve, and I think that's a really important skill to have, to listen and evolve with your client as things might change. Mm-hmm. Early on in my my career in the building industry, I accepted the word surrender as part <laughs> of my language. Mm. I'm working in the custom build space. All of my designers are, my entire crew. So if we don't work and live to the word surrender, mm. we, we're fighting against a battle all the time. And 
it would be silly to think you're an incredible design team, both of you, and you still made changes. It doesn't matter how good you are mm. and how precise you are with your build plans. <laughs> We're human beings. Yeah. By yeah. nature, that's what we do. So to fight against that, it just doesn't work for anybody. You know, I applaud your ability to accept my expertise in the area and be guided by me on areas when you'd say, well, I'm not really sure about this one or what about that one? And I would feed back where I felt it was important to make a change and where it wasn't. You always accept that. And I think that we've created some magic because of it. Yeah. So we've got our plan. Are we finished in the showroom? We're in the showroom. We're finished in the showroom. So then I send you away and I tell you to go home. And then that's where all the magic happens. The preliminary plan is what I work on. I normally involve discussions with my team. We sit down, we incorporate the aesthetic that we've been guided by your vision. And then we do all the metrics around how much light you require in a space. I literally go room for room and I break the whole monstrosity of a home Mm. down because the plan (laughs) looks big. It's Mm. overwhelming. It's large. But we break it all down into space by space and then we bring the whole story together. I remember your staircase, for example, and there were so many different ways we could light that. Mm. We could use a pendant. We could use strip in your balustrade. We could uplight it. We thought about using LED strip in the ceiling. But the more that the plan and the discussions evolved, we started to understand what you wanted for the space. And what you wanted for the space was the feeling of calm. Mm. So we didn't want to light it up like a Christmas tree. We decided to use something that was going to create some visual intensity and some visual wow, and we paired all the lighting back in there. But that discussion in my mind happens when I really understand how much light is required. And after I've done all those calculations, I prepare a document that has my preliminary proposal Mm -hmm. which works to your budget, which I normally Mm. know at that point. And I prepared something and then got you back in and presented it to you. And then I get you back in the showroom and talk to you about the philosophy behind why we made those decisions. So, Danielle, do you then, when you're presenting to a client, do you get um, clients who are a bit nervous that there's only X amount of lights in the home? They're like, oh, but I don't think there's enough. Is it going to light up? Well, that was me with the staircase as an example. I'm like, oh, is it going to be enough light? Yeah. And it's perfect. I have clients still nervous at roughing stage. I have clients (laughs) still nervous at cutout stage because... Oh, I don't want to give Sparky's a bad name because they are my best friends and I couldn't run my business without the incredible trades that we deal with. <laughs> Love you to bits. But um, on site, there is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on what's enough light. Mm. I'm confident that we've done our homework and yeah. we know our lights. Yeah. It's not just about doing the calculations in the space. It's about having confidence in your fittings. Mm. So I have confidence. We have over 200 suppliers and I only work with product that we sample and test. So sampling and testing that product gives me the power to know it's definitely going to be enough light. So yes is the easy answer to the question. There is that anxiety, but we have ways to educate and discuss that with clients in our showroom. And we also have confidence in the way we deliver our message. And we have to stand by what we do because 99% of our business comes from discussions uh, in the community about us being an authority Mm. in lighting. We can't be that if we don't follow through with what we're saying. There's a real good nugget there. And for the client is that's to trust the experts. So, you know, yes, the tradie, the sparky who does this every day, he's going to have his opinion or she's going to have her opinion, but they're not the experts in lighting design. They're really good at fitting off and and getting it wide, 
they, they're not the experts at the actual output of lighting. So yeah. trust the experts. Yeah. Don't trust the trade. And that's, but that's what yeah. we say with our design process as well. Trust the process. Mm. After that preliminary design proposal, which is generally a few weeks, we get that back off you. And then we kind of work together to massage that throughout. And I guess where we got to uh, in this particular web episode, we had you on site for what we call and what we do with every project is a pre-rough-in walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So that's where we actually walk through the home. You came out to site, we did our electrical um, and automation walkthrough on that day and we did the lighting walkthrough as well and just really honed in on exactly what we wanted to achieve. It allowed you to view the space in frame stage and make any alterations or suggestions from there. I can't recall exactly if there were there many were. changes. There Not were many, but there were just a, a few couple. and that's why a rough in I mean, we're very good at elevating plans in our mind, but yeah. there's nothing quite like being on site, even if it's just on that one opportunity. It's not even just about what's right as far as illumination goes. It's yeah. about how you begin to feel as clients because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, a nib wall slightly changes mm. or a feature wall becomes a little bit larger and then the artwork that you pick for that is even bigger. Yeah. So we might make a small tweak to something. Um, we removed a few fittings, I remember, on the day as well. That's right. And I think the the most beneficial part of the process was that we began that relationship with the automation and electrical team. So yeah. we were able to connect. Mm. They felt they had a direct pathway to us and we had a direct pathway to them. And yep. all of a sudden we're all working to the Together. beat of the same drum. And we actually had a showroom visit as well with Adam from Wired. So he came to the Lights, Lights, Lights showroom and we were very keen to understand about the recess track systems because we had some uh, dimming that was different um, and they needed to bench test how these particular fittings might dim and operate in the home. So that's over and above what would ordinarily happen with your electrical team and automation team. But it was essential for them in being able to execute that for us as well. Technically, um, it's important, particularly because you were using panels in your ceiling. Yeah, it's not so, mm. not so simple to not so simple to cut out a hole in that. Up. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So uh, we needed to get it right to make sure that what we were installing and roughing into was going to come to fruition. And yeah. we had such a great relationship that he made the effort to come to us to, to mm. have that discussion. When it comes to LED dimming, is tricky, and European type of dimming control is often what is being used in the market now and not every spark is au fait with that and not every automation system is compatible with it. Mm. Yeah. It is possible, but if you don't prepare for it at rough-in, you're screwed once you and get it can, to plaster. It can be very expensive. Yes. So you have to weigh that up as well if, if it's if worth plan. it for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that highlights again to us the importance of these relationships and having an entwined and connected collective of creatives and I guess the subcontractors involved. So one of the spaces that we did spend a little bit of time on was the office. So the office downstairs is uh, Kraus bricks everywhere. So if we didn't like that right, we could have felt like we were in a concrete bunker. Correct. <laughs> it had a lowered ceiling because the space above is the sunken, sunken lounge. Yes. So we're at 2.4 for the ceiling yes. height, which is typically not... Standard height. It's typically, yeah. yeah, standard height, but in a space like that could feel a bit lower. Mm-hmm. We did have the luxury of the full height windows to the, the front, which overlook the driveway and the front garden and the street. But we didn't have space in the ceiling Mm -hmm. in this room. So we Mm -hmm. didn't have a whole lot of space in the ceiling to work with. So we had to be really 
tricky and creative. Creative, exactly. So I think we really wanted to light that space as naturally as possible. So mm-hmm. less of an artificial light vibe. Yes. And when you came to me with that brief, you were telling me about how you were all going to fit in this room and work in there and spend a lot of time in there. Yeah. So it was important that we lit it in a way that was going to make you feel drawn to the room and comfortable and homely. And I remember being, we had a vision for it and we offered the suggestion of a semi-recessed, massive surface-mounted disc, which mimicked the vibe of a skylight. But the key to making it feel organic and essential to the space was the semi-recess part of it. So I remember on our on our site visit, our first rough-in visit, I filmed Dan saying, yes, I will semi-recess it into the ceiling <laughs> because I had this horrible feeling he was going to say yes and then he wasn't going to do it. What? Yeah, because <laughs> it's bloody hard. Yeah. It was a really tricky thing to do and I give you kudos for following through on it because it looks fantastic and there's a lot of attention to detail required in installing something in that manner, but I'm I'm pleased to hear that it came to fruition. Yeah, it's a beautiful space and it does, when that light is on... I mean, a lot of the time we don't need any light in there. It's actually naturally Mm. lit more than what I thought we would be able to achieve. But when we do have it on, it doesn't feel like we have artificial light on Mm. in that space. But the overall home, as you said before, Dan, there is a sense of calm. So sense of calm from when you walk through the door in the day and there are no lights on, it almost feels even better coming into dusk and into dark when there is just the essential light that's on and it's not just this flood of light over the home. So I think tick. (laughs) Everyone's blown it out of the park uh, for this particular home and and with the lighting design and lighting plans. So, you know, even though you study this, we study this as, as designers, there is nothing like working with an actual expert in their field of lighting design. This is your bread and butter. Yeah, this is, is what you do day in and day out. It is. This episode is powered by Legrun, And when I say powered, I'm talking homes that are energy efficient, safer and responsive to our needs. Legrun's Excel Life Smart range is a collection of easy to install, intelligent wiring devices that can be controlled by touch, voice or a smart device and gives you full control of your existing digital assistant. Check them out at legrun.com.au. They're experts in smart home solutions. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, that was a really good insight to the process, Danielle, of, of what you guys do at Light Sight Site. So it's the initial consult with the client. You get to see how they want to live and feel in the house. You'll do the plans. You'll present to them. Then you do, oh, on our house, you came out for the rough-in stage, tweak a few things. But you also got on FaceTime with Danny when we're actually fitting off our pendants just to make sure the right height or in the, the pendants stairwell. was at the right height. Yeah. 
That was very critical. It was critical and it was bloody hard to do from FaceTime. <laughs> it was hard. We were in lockdown then. We were. And it was such a busy day on site and we had yeah. the, floor oh. vo- the, the floor up in the void as well, so it was hard to get a real sense oh, of no. that space too. So... Yeah, I mean, the lengths that you go to, right? This is what you do, what you got to do. And I have great pride in making sure that it comes to fruition. I mean, it's important. We shouldn't forget there are custom design fittings in the home as well that you designed with some amazing local or Australian designers Mm. and makers. So that was really important to us throughout this process. And in fact, all the recess track that's in your ceiling is customised to your build as well. So there was lots of custom product um, used on the project, which requires time. Yes, it does. To order and to create. Yeah. Just one other thing I want to mention is it's, you know, for potential clients out there, you've got to make sure you have the right team. So, Danielle, you worked really well with WIDE. And what was special about that is that you guys could communicate really well together, which you already touched on. Without us as well. Without us. But it was also a a nugget I got was the um, automation. Now, not all light fittings are going to work with the automation you might choose. So you've got to have the right team to figure that out. And just to be able to to know the questions to ask. Correct. That's the key. Ask I mean, the right I questions. don't have the answers, but I know the questions to ask and that's what's important so that you can plan ahead yes. and not face too much drama when you're actually on site with yeah. the products in your hands. Yeah. yeah. And um, have spent a lot of money on them and have waited 12 weeks for them, et cetera, et cetera. One thing that we are talking about in every episode of All Manner of Things, we're focusing on a sustainability element. We are learning lots about yeah. our wonderful um, project partners and suppliers and, and contractors. It's very insightful. Mm. So for this particular project, what are some of the sustainability elements that you you wanted to incorporate and that we've ended up able to achieve? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely reducing the penetrations in your ceiling. Yep. Um, Utilising product that has high efficiency. Mm-hmm. So a good bang for your buck and not just financially, but also, you know, it's really producing what that wattage should align to. So mm. it's really high quality product that says it's got it it does what it says it's mm. going to do. That's really vital to us when you're minimizing how many fittings you're using in a space. We're not overlighting. So it's like having a plate of pasta with just plain old sugo. You can't hide behind those two mm. elements, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got my fingers up in the air. I'm moving my hands while I'm talking. Do you like I'm a pasta? Yeah. <laughs> you can't hide behind the minimalism of those products. So we need to use really good quality fittings and positioning. I think making sure that we are lighting intentionally. We're, we're lighting features. We're not lighting areas. Yeah. We're being mindful and intentional with what we're doing. We're not just lighting for light's sake and mm. throwing holes in areas because we don't have the confidence behind our decisions. Mm. Yeah. Love That's that. A point. Well, as always, that was amazing. Absolute pleasure to talk with you today, Danielle, and I guess educate us a little bit more and our listeners on the process and what they should and shouldn't do with their lighting design. So thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. And again, for being a part of this incredible project. It's a joy working with you always, both of you. I'll see you on the next one. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's that time of the episode again where we talk about all the things in the house that make it a home for us. So let's try to focus on the lighting elements on the back of our conversation with Danielle today. So I'm going to go first today. Okay. For me, the area that I was probably the most nervous about there not being enough light that is actually perfect Mm. for me is the entrance and the stairwell. So the pendant that we have suspended on literally three suspension cables over the stairs is just 
so special. I love that space, the warmth it gives off. And it's surrounded by all natural materials and finishes, Mm. which is what I think makes it all the more special. So there's a lot of architectural lines. It's very minimalist space, but it's also super tactile. So there's lots of beautiful design and architectural features in that small little area that just make me always go wow. Thank goodness, because you were stressing that day that the boys installed that, <laughs> that the height was correct. Definitely got a bill for the time that we spent <laughs> faffing around with that pendant light. Um, well, I guess for me, um, that, that's a good one. I probably could have said that as well. But mm-hmm. there was probably a space in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We have the recessed lighting track there. Yep. It was a bit of a pain point for me because to, then to do the timber panelling, I had to rebate every panelling. So yeah. it was something I didn't love doing. But now <laughs> and that you it, did that little um, fiddly little detail. Yeah, there's all little details everywhere. I remember now. Yeah, so it was a bit of a pain point in constructing the timber um, ceiling around it. But yeah. now that it's finished, I actually love that recessed light. And when you turn that light on, it literally just lights up the island bench. Yes. And being dimmable, if you want the task line, you got it. But even if you want the mood light, yep. you've got the mood lighting. So yeah. for me, it's got to be yeah that one piece of light there. It is beautiful because when you do have that fitting on to do specifically task mm. on the island bench, it doesn't actually impact any of the other spaces. Just the island bench only. Yeah. How beautiful. Yeah. And I think now that I think when I cook, I only really turn that on and then I've only got the lights from the um, range hood. Yeah. When you look at the ceiling, you don't even know it's really there. You don't. Being recessed. Yeah. So, yeah, thank God I went through all that pain <laughs> in rebating every single board going around that. Yeah, because you just don't see it. And yeah. it's been executed so well. Yeah. Good on you, Mr. Chippy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that is all we have for you today on All Manner of Things for this particular episode. Now, don't forget, if you've missed anything else throughout this whole podcast series or even the web series, make sure you check out the links in the show notes. We'll be sure to include everything in there. Now, next time, Dan, on the pod, we are pretty much approaching lockup. Big one, lockup. Yeah. It's where all the action happens. It is where all the action happens. And we're also going to have a good chat with Eugene from Element Windows. So we love the windows in our home and we can't wait to talk to you more about them. See you next time. Bye. You've heard how important it is to the feel of your home to get your lighting right. But then you can go next level with Legrand's XL Life Smart range, which makes your home more energy efficient, safer, and responsive to our needs, and it makes your home smarter. Check them out at legrand.com.au.